I want to I entitle this message, The Widening Gyre. The Widening Gyre. Uh, a gyre is a vortex, a cyclical uh, motion uh, that pulls at a center. It, 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 it spins, a top of sorts. Uh, and just because you'll need this information in about two minutes, I'll tell you now, uh, that a falconer is someone who trains a falcon. And the way they did that was by uh, tying a falcon to a string uh, or a rope, and then and the falcon would fly around creating a gyre. You'll need to know that in about two minutes. That's about one minute. Uh, maybe 46 seconds uh, here. So hang on. Uh, a few passages that would just lodge in your mind to chew on as I'm going through this. Paul says we do this. We give the instruction that we give so that we may not be outwitted by Satan. Apparently it's possible to be outwitted by Satan and Satan's trying to outwit us. But knowing things, uh, having some information will help us not be outwitted for we are not ignorant of his designs. Of course, trouble is we're often ignorant of his designs which is why we're often outwitted. But Paul says we should know his designs. Daniel chapter 12, this apocalyptic book says in the end, in the time of the end, many shall be running back and forth, and evil shall increase. Kind of pictures a helter-skelter time of people just unprecedented travel. Second Peter chapter 3 says, In the last days scoffers will come, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? Referring to the second coming of Jesus. It's been a long time now, hasn't it? And ever since our ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Finally, I want to read a passage. It's not a passage of scripture. It's a passage of poetry. We're kind of artsy around here, and, and uh, we like to bring in some culture stuff. This is one of the greatest poets of all time, a very strange man. I think most great poets are. Uh, but William Yeats, the, the poet from Dublin, Ireland, and um, he uh, won the Nobel Prize in the early 1900s, wrote this poem in the early 1900s. It's called The Second Coming. I'm not going to read all of it, uh, but I want to read a portion of it. Now, I don't think he was a Christian. I, as I recall, he was a member of uh, this kind of spiritualistic, New Age-ish kind of uh, theosophical group. And so I think he's using this as, as a metaphor, but he's, he's speaking far more truth than I think maybe even he understood. Here's his poem, The Second Coming. Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. The falcon's too far out, spinning too fast. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. I don't know any expression that describes our culture better than that piece of poetry. I want to pray. Uh, could I get some people to be, be intercessors for the sermon as I'm going through? Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Lord, we submit this next half hour to you. I pray, God, that you give me succinctness of expression, uh, but also clarity. I pray you open up our minds and our hearts to receive the information here. Open our eyes to the reality of what is going on around us. To equip us, God, not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, not to be conformed to the matrix of this world, but rather to be transformed according to your will for our life, Lord. Wake us up to the reality of your second coming. Put in our hearts a passion, a hope, and an urgency in the light of the crazy mere anarchy that's been unloosed upon the world. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen. As I've been going through this series on, the, on, on stress, I can imagine... 
some people thinking, uh, kind of the thoughts that Peter expresses, people thinking in his day, uh, that really things have been the same since the beginning of creation. Maybe, yeah, we, we feel like we're stressed out and that our age is unique, but haven't people always been stressed? Haven't people always been busy? Uh, and every age probably has thought it, it was worse than the age before, and we're just doing the same. Things have been the same since the beginning of creation. But as a matter of fact, that thought is simply wrong, and you can prove it so. Uh, something very significant has changed. Life has always been hard, for sure, and life has always had its stressful moments, for sure. But it isn't the case historically that if you asked a person, how's it going, their instinctive response would be crazy busy. Uh, they may say rough, but they would not say busy. They wouldn't say hectic. Uh, those aren't the categories that anyone processed their life in. Something significant changed. Actually, it was about 100 years ago. I don't want to sound too cryptic, but I want to say something like this. The architect changed the, part of the design of the matrix of Western culture beginning about 100 years ago. Something new has happened within the matrix, and it's picking up speed. And I want us uh, this morning to take the red pill and wake up to that changing reality. It's unprecedented. Never has there been a time in history where this unique twist has happened. I want us to wake up to that reality and, and, and understand it, because only if we really understand it will we be prepared to see the magnitude of the effort it will take to do something about it. Historically, I can describe it like this. Historically, people have, have, things have increased. There's been progress, but it's been very slow. It's been linear. Uh, you can think of it in terms of addition. Two plus two plus two plus two. It's been a sort of a straight line of progress. What changed, and really the seeds of this began with the scientific revolution in the 17th century, but it really began to, to the rubber hit the road beginning in the, uh, uh, in the 20th century, is that uh, change became not so much a linear additional thing, but an exponential thing. Instead of 2 plus 2 plus 2, it became 2 times 2 times 2. And, and let, let me make clear what the difference here is. Uh, 2 plus 2 plus 2, you get a straight line. It just kind of gradually goes up. With 2 times 2, if you add two, uh, a thousand twos together, you get what? 2,000. <laughs> What happens if you multiply a thousand twos together? Two times two times two a thousand times. You don't know that number because we don't have a word for that number. It is 1.07 times 10 to the 301st power. That's more than one with 301 zeros after it. Uh, that, that's a number beyond uh, expression. Consider that a trillion uh, is one with 12 zeros after it. This is one with 301 zeros after it. Now, I, I, here's an important thing to understand. The last, the last multiplication gave you half of that entire sum. The last two multiplications gave you three quarters of that entire sum. And it tells you something interesting about uh, exponential change. It forms what's called a J-curve, where it doesn't just go straight. It looks like it's kind of going straight incremental, and then it, there's a point where it turns upward, and the doubling just uh, becomes... Uh, it, it, you, you hit a spike and things skyrocket. Let me illustrate it this way. I used this analogy about eight years ago uh, or seven years ago, uh, but I want to use it again. If you know the answer, don't answer. If you know the answer, don't say it out loud. How many times would I have to fold this piece of paper to get to the moon? Right. 
Uh, probably a lot of you are thinking a trillion, a gazillion to the gazillionth power, you know. But see, you think that because you're thinking addition. One paper plus one paper plus one paper plus one paper. But if you fold it, of course, you're always doubling it. And actually, in 42 folds, you'll get to the moon. You think that's outrageous, but consider this. That 42nd fold got you halfway to the moon. The last two folds uh, uh, got you three-quarters of the way to the moon. At 30, at 30 folds, you're still not out of your own room. But at 39 folds, you're hitting the upper atmosphere. By 40 folds, you're on a quarter there. 41 folds, you're halfway there. The 42nd fold gets you all the way there. It's those last two folds that make up the, the, the bulk of the difference. You hit a J curve. Now, I, I explain that to say this. Every way we could possibly measure our culture shows that we have turned the corner on the J-curve. Uh, we, are, we are in a spike state, as it were. We're going up at, a, at an exponential rate. And understanding this will help us understand the uniqueness of the time in which we live and why we live under unprecedented stress. I'm going to show you a number of charts here. Don't try to understand them individually. I just want to see, show you a pattern. This comes out of uh, David, uh, 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 David uh, Swenson's uh, book, uh, Margins. And uh, the, the, the statistics are about five, six years old, uh, but I, I hazard to guess that the pattern has stayed the same. Look at these charts. Information is on a J curve. It's just spiking. It is uh, now doubling every 10 years or so. Since 1985, the dissemination of information has doubled. All the information in the world up to 1985, we've now doubled that up to our present time in the last 20 years, 19 years. Complexity. Is, uh, is, is on, on a J-curve. Specialization is on a J-curve. Uh, you can no longer, have you noticed this? You just can't take your car into a garage to get fixed for a lot of repairs. you got to take it to the manufacturer, and they have to have a specialist who designed that computer chip. they got computer chips in cars now, uh, and, and fix it. it the, the complexity is overwhelming. The rate of change is in a J-curve. We've experienced more change in the last 20 years than the entire history of the world leading up to 20 years ago. The gross national product is on a J-curve, the IRS on a J-curve in terms of what it collects, collects, hallelujah. The federal deficit, J-curve, defense spending, bankruptcies, bank closing, cost of homes, health care, uh, number of prison, uh, uh, prisoners, the number of divorces, civil uh, lawsuits, births to unmarried uh, women, all of them are spiking. Uh, the volume of mail, the volume of junk mail, advertisements, new books, uh, air miles traveled, uh, overseas foreign travel, motor vehicle travel, the number of cars registered. We're running to and fro like never before. Uh, the, the maximum speed with which we can travel, our ability to blow things up. That's a pleasant one. Uh, uh, it, it, all of these are on a, a J-curve. The world has hit the J-curve. The exponential change that, was, that began 100 years ago is just now uh, skyrocketing out of control, turning and turning the widening gyre faster and faster, pulling at the center the center cannot hold. Now, what's driving all of this? I said two weeks ago, what's driving it is stuff, our desire for stuff. One definition of progress, and that's what all this is, is progress, the world's definition of progress. Progress can defi be defined as more better and faster. More, better, and faster. Now put it on your thinking caps. I want us to get inside of this a little bit. More, better, and faster. The way you get more, better, and faster is this. And this is what began uh, in a, with vengeance about 100 years ago. And we're hitting it in the last 50, 20 years especially. 
First of all, all progress starts with differentiation. We differentiate in our environment. We break things down. Progress in science is a matter of divide and conquer. We analyze things and break it into smaller components in order to manipulate it to our advantage. That creates increased complexity. Which, which requires increased specialization, which brings about more speed, which brings about more stuff. Now, having the more stuff helps us further differentiate, so we get more differentiation and more and faster complexity and more and faster specialization, more and faster speed, so more and faster stuff, which in turn empowers us to get even more differentiation, more complexity, specialization, turning and turning the widening gyre. That is the essence of, of, of the cycle around us. And it's skyrocketing. Do you know that, that you can go out and for about $100 buy an MP3 player, and that MP3 player that, you, that anyone can get has twice the complexity of, of the, the first rocket that landed on the moon. You can really see this with uh, um, uh, our, our computers. I remember back in 1985, I bought the first portable computer that, that had been made. It had, uh, and it was just, you know, uh, advertised like this, it had more information uh, where 10 years previously, it took an entire room to get this amount of information into this, and now you can carry it around, this portable computer. It was called a K-Pro. Any of you have a K-Pro? Uh, it, it was this 36-pound metal suitcase. That was a portable computer. It had 16 kilobytes. And it was, you could fit on one disk. Uh, uh, you, you, you could get a whole 12-page essay. It was like magnificent. You know, this was what a breakthrough. It had four functions, and all of them could operate in, in just over a minute. Uh, I, I could do footnotes, and it only took about a minute. Man, it was time-saving. It was a breakthrough. Uh, it, it was just incredible. Now, about three years later, they, they stopped talking about kilobytes and went to megabytes, and there's 1,000 kilobytes in a megabyte. And about five years after that, they started talking about gigabytes. Is there gigabytes? Gigabytes, gigabytes. Uh, you can get 1,000 megabytes in a, in a, a gigabyte. I just bought a computer two weeks ago because I dropped my other computer. And um, <laughs> yes, it was a major crisis. And uh, stress, stress, yeah. Uh, this computer is a, a G4 Mac. Uh, it has got 40 gigabytes in it. And I have the capacity if I want to, 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 to double it to 80. I'm told there's a computer on the, on the horizon that will uh, think in terms of uh, tetrabytes, uh, uh, which is 1,000 gigabytes. And, and that's coming, it's just a couple years away. But this computer, now, it, it, it's got incredible power, incredible speed, mind-boggling speed. I love the thing. Uh, but it's incredibly, incredibly complex. Just, it's just, that, that, that's partly why it, it is so powerful. I, I, I was doing taxes on Friday, my wife and I, which is as pleasant as being burned alive. And I... <laughs> I somehow hit a combination of keys, and I don't know what they were, but that combination of keys commanded my computer to go into a different mode, where all of a sudden my keys were saying something totally different, all sorts of symbols. And I couldn't fix it, I tried to shut it off, and we had to talk to our accountant in, the, you know, in about two hours. We, of course, put things off to the very end, never did make it to our accountant. Um, but uh, I, so we're under stress trying to figure all this out, and I can't get this computer to work. I call up the store where I bought it, and they're like, we don't know. <laughs> Well, give me your computer geek section. Talk to them. Well, you know, you got to talk to the Apple Care. You got to go right to the top, and, and they'll they'll counsel you over the phone. So I call up there. They said, "Did you register your computer?" No, I didn't. So we got to go through this whole registration thing before they give me any information. Then, then they, they, they have to find all the information on my computer, and they got a specialist just for that computer. I got a G4 specialist. He was really good, and I was very impressed with his competency. But he's working on a computer to help figure out what my problem might be. 
See how complex this is? That's the nature of the world. Now, there's a lot of convenience, a lot of good things that come as a result of this. Progress, I'm not going to throw a stone at progress. I, I, I benefit from it. I, I have this love-hate relationship with computers. I, I absolutely need them. If I don't have my computer for a day, my life goes into crisis mode. Uh, and yet I hate the thing. I despise it. I cast demons out of it all the time. That's my way of handling complexity. I, I just don't understand it. I, I just tell me the four buttons I need to push. But it doesn't work like that. But see, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good that comes with increased complexity and progress. But see, there's also a lot of evil. Uh, whenever you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good, you also get the knowledge of evil. Take the internet, for example. One of the reasons why information has doubled since 1985 was the advent of the internet in the early 90s. And I love the internet. Man, I can get all the information at my fingertips. It just amazes me, the research I can do and how fast I can do it. But of course, with that also comes the dissemination of stuff that human eyes were never intended to see. It means that the sickest person on the planet gets to have an audience. And uh, you can put up a website, and you can trick people into innocently falling into it. And, uh, uh, you know, the thing is this. Uh, we don't know, we don't know uh, the impact that this will have. We're, 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 we're heading towards oblivion. We're leaping in the dark. We know the good that it brings about, but the evil that's, that, that goes along with it, we can't anticipate. How does this jade young minds when you come upon even one time a site, like some of the sites that are out there, uh, unthinkable sites, Add to that the dissemination of, 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 of military information. Uh, now people have access to how to create super bombs uh, and maybe eventually uh, nuclear weapons who otherwise would never dream of having this information. And there's no way to contain that. We've opened a Pandora's box. With the good comes the evil. And it's all spiking right here and right now. Another thing is just the added stress. With this turning of the widening gyre and as it's spinning around us, it increases stress in our life. Now, it impacts all of us, though we may not make a direct correlation between this progress and our lives. There is a direct correlation. I, I want us to see this, and sometimes the best way to see the, your own matrix is to step outside of it momentarily and enter into a, the matrix of another culture. And so now I'm going to show you some of my great artwork. I was at, uh, in Cambodia the other day, uh, last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I, sometime in the last century, I was in Cambodia. And... Uh, I, we, we visited a man who was a member of this one Cambodian church, a Vietnamese re refugee. We went to his house, if you can call it a house. They live in absolute subhuman, unthinkable poverty. Just shacks. I wouldn't, I, 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 it, it's one of the reasons we're partnering with Wen Tranberg is to help make an impact uh, um, over there. But, but there's something over there that they have that we don't have. And it's this. Here's, I'll call him David. I don't remember his name, but he's a Vietnamese man. He, uh, he and his family, uh, what they do all day is they peel garlic. Somehow they have a connection to somebody who's got a connection to a farmer who raises garlic, and they, they, they get a little bit of garlic, and, and they peel it. They, you walk into their house, it's, it's a shack, one-room thing, and they have a family of five that lives there. Actually, a family of six, two parents and, and, and uh, four kids. And what they do all day is they, 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 they peel garlic. They spend all their time together. David is embedded in a family. Uh, they, they work together. Uh, the, the kids don't go to school. Uh, they're, they're illegal immigrants. They're not allowed to go to school. They just peel garlic. And then when they get a certain amount peeled, they put it out, out front of their house. When people come by, they'll either buy that or they'll barter what they have for that. They do a lot of trade over there. Um, and, you know, they, I have a fish. You've got some garlic. I need some garlic. I'll trade you a fish for a garlic kind of a thing. They make about a dollar a day, a US $1 a day. They work about 12, 15 hours, sunrise to sunset. But all their fun and all 
all of their work and all of their family time is done on one thing. It's not different things, it's just one thing. That's what they do all day. Now, the family is embedded in the larger community, which then also is embedded in the church. And, 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 and you see a life here that is profoundly simple. Life is very hard, even subhuman hard, but it's not stressful. Uh, th- there's maybe three decisions that David and his family have to make uh, per day, if that many. Most people over there don't even decide. They go different places, whatever, but everything is involved in everything else. There's continuity and there's co- a community. There's routine to everything they do. It's a natural routine. It's, it's governed by the sunrise and the sunset. Uh, there's few decisions, very little stress. The few times they go to the market, they don't have all the options that we have. They don't have to think about what they're... Sh- they don't shop. They go to get butter, and there's only one kind of butter, and they go to get Get bread and there's only one kind of bread. They don't have these decisions to make. This is more like how human beings have ordinarily lived throughout history. Now let's take average Joe over here. Average Joe American. He's not as happy. See? Can you see this over here? Do, do I need to turn? Here, I'll go. Oh, there, how's that? Yeah. Okay, he also looks like he had a stroke or something here. Okay. Now, now here's, here's Joe. Uh, I, I, I never claimed to be a Van Gogh, all right? Cut me some slack here. Okay, Joe, you got a job. He's got a job over here. Of course, his job isn't peeling garlic. That would be pretty nice in some ways. It'd be straightforward. No, Joe's got to travel here. He's got to make these decisions. Uh, inside the bubble of his job is a multitude of other stressors. He's also got a wife who right now is kind of mad at him because he spends so much time on his job, and they need to do some things together. And, and then he's also got to go shopping. Okay, that's one of the things we do, and that takes him an inordinate amount of time. He does that with his wife because it's one of the few things they can do together because she's mad because of his job. All right, uh, you also have the kids over here. You got three individual kids, and all of them need, uh, need time. In fact, look at this. Uh, you got to take Bob to soccer and basketball practice, and Susie likes to go to gymnastics, and, and you got to take her over to the birthday party, and there's a multitude of other uh, different unrelated things we got to go to. Over here, you're dealing with a, a group of people, soccer moms. Over here, you're dealing with the PTA. I mean, they're unrelated, and we got to go different locations to get there. Then, of course, he wants to have a little bit of exercise he's getting overweight because he's eating too much. That's why all this busyness, he goes to fast foods. He wants to do some vacation. And of course, he's a Christian, so he wants to do small group, and he wants to do church, small group, and then he wants to do church, which is separate from the small group, and then he wants to have prayer over here. And he wants to be a little bit involved in his community, uh, you know, and and, uh, meet some of his neighbors, spend some time. He's got some other friends, but they don't know each other, so these are separate things over here. He's got friends, he spends a little some time over there, and you can see, etc., etc., etc. What we have here is our our world is differentiated, and therefore our world is complex. We have to specialize with everything we do. We're torn in a million different directions, turning and turning the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer, and it stretches us out. All the, We have a multitude of decisions we have to make, a multitude of locations we have to go to, a multitude of demands on our life, a multitude of dis- different unrelated relationships that we have to maintain, a, a number of different uh, callings and, and, and obligations. Oh, and I didn't even put here, here's one of my all-time favorites, you know, let's just put <laughs> taxes, you know, okay, yeah, yeah. That's the devil. You got taxes. Uh, you, you, you've, got, uh, you, you, you've got repairs. I mean, you spend an afternoon figuring out how to fix your computer because you hit a wrong key. All of these things take time. All of them make demands. We're juggling here, and it's going faster and faster, turning the turning and the widening gyre. And that's just where the rubber hits the road about what I had said earlier about the specialization, differentiation, complexity, speed, and more. And what drives the whole thing is stuff. It stresses us out. Now, what can we do about it? 
And now I'm down to the end of my message for today. Hey, deal with it, man. That's not my problem. <laughs> I'm already stressed out. Uh, we are hyper-living, skimming along the surface of life. This stresses us out. Uh, stress comes from our limbic system, and uh, when we're under stress, it, it, it sends out a chemical cocktail. We uh, identify it as adrenaline, uh, which is to make us fight or flight. That's what it's there for. But we live in this. One of the chemicals it sends out is cortisol, which we know is damaging uh, if you have too much of it. We live in a, like, like, like rabbits in the wilderness, just constantly uh, under stress, and that's not how we're wired to live. I, I'm only going to say two things here as I'm beginning to wrap it up. Two things uh, to get us thinking about as we're coming to a close here. What to do about this. Number one, live awake and live with hope for the second coming is at hand. I am not an apocalyptic man. You know that. I'm not into date setting, and I don't care much for uh, you know, books that try to decode Revelation and trying to figure out the details of how it's going to end. I don't have time for that. I don't know how any, anyone does. Uh, it, it seems like some kind of a morbid obsession. But here's what you got to know. This could be good news or bad news, depending on what, whether you're a Christian or not. J-curves, those J-curves that spike up, in nature, in any finite system, they always, nature has a way of correcting itself. There's a, there's a ceiling that you hit. And when you hit that ceiling, you spike down. There's sort of an apocalyptic cataclysmic correction to every J-curve. I hope you're following what I'm saying now. Uh, you can't go up indefinitely. There's always a limit to how, how far up you can go. There's a limit to how fast we can go. Think of it this way. Here's an example of a correction. I, I noticed uh, some scum on my pond uh, several years ago when I used to have a pond. There's, a, there's some pond scum there, algae, and it, it, it grows at an incredible rate. Let's say it doubles every day. I look at it, and about an eighth of my pond is filled with this pond scum, and so I say to myself, boy, I better take care of that next year. Next day I look out, and I, now a quarter of my pond is full of, uh, is full of this scum. And I think, boy, I, I really got to take care of that next year. Next morning, half my pond is full of scum. And so now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I, I got I to gotta get this taken care of this week. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to go get some chemicals and kill that, that scum. Too late, though, because the next morning, the whole, the whole pond is full of scum. And what, it, what, what, what pond scum does, if it covers up the whole pond, the pond it, it sucks up all the oxygen, the scum dies, everything in the pond dies, you have a dead pond. And that's how nature corrects itself. You, you go so far, you eventually hit the moon. See, but, the, but most of the distance comes with the last fold. So you don't know you're going to hit the moon until you hit it. You don't know you're going to lose the pond until, boom, it's right there. We're spiking, and no one knows where the ceiling is. We only know that there is a ceiling. Uh, futurists are retiring by the hordes because uh, the world has gotten, the Western world has gotten so complex, they can no longer anticipate the direction things are going to go. Where is this genetic engineering going to take us? We just know that we're going faster and faster and faster, but what's the fallout? We don't, no one's taking the time uh, to figure out what the implications this has on, on the human self, on a perception of human beings or whatever. There's a limit to, to so-called progress. Now, there's two things the Bible always says about the second coming of the Lord. Two things. Uh, and it's not just Christians who say the world's going to come to, end, to an end. Everybody knows the world's going to come to an end. It's a finite system. It's just a question of when. And the Bible says that, that the world as we know it will come to an end, but in another sense, that's when the real world will begin. Because then the creation will be what the creation was always intended to be. There's two motifs that you find whenever the Bible talks about the end times. Number one is stay awake. 
Stay awake. You, uh, believers are to live with the awareness that this world is not eternal. It could come to an end at any moment. And Jesus says, discern the times. Uh, be cultural critics. Know what's going on. What I'm telling you here th- th- this morning is something unique is going on, and I don't know how long it, it, it can go like this. Uh, it could go another five days. It could go another 500 years. I don't know. But I find it interesting. I, I find it sobering to look at this. So also, we're to live awake, discern the times. The second coming is at hand, and and this world doesn't go on forever. It means this. Live today passionately and live it for Jesus Christ. Don't get sucked up into the here and now helter-skelter of this world. Live for Jesus Christ. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to be watching. Today's the day to be passionate. Today's the day to be radical. Today's the day to be sold out, because tomorrow is not guaranteed to anybody. It's not guaranteed to the world. He's coming back. Live awake. Live sober. Be be watchful. The second thing the Bible always gives us, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, is hope. Uh, The end of the world is terrible news if you're not a believer. But the New Testament for believers, it portrays it as good news. In fact, Peter says, live in such a way that you hasten, you quicken the coming of the Lord. And Paul prays in in 1 Corinthians, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I see to the believer, what you know is this. God's got to work out the details, but we know this, that when, when, the, when, when he comes back and sets up his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, we're right now laying the, the groundwork. Okay, that's our job as soldiers. He'll come finish up the job, and then the creation will be as the creation was always intended to be. And that is good news because there'll be no more heartache, no more sickness, no more disease, no more cancer, no more AIDS, uh, no more warfare, no more, no more jaded pornography on the internet. Uh, the world will be then. He'll wipe away every tear from our eye. And we'll see him as he is for we shall be like him. And his kingdom will have no end. And we shall reign with him on this earth. And that is good news. That's not bad news. That's good news. Amen. But if you're here this morning and, and you don't have that relationship with the Lord, I'm not trying to do any scarce stuff on you. Or I'm just trying to say it as it is. You saw the charts. Today's the day to get right with God. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. The, the, thing, the second thing I'm just going to say the, the, this morning, next week we'll talk about uh, two things we can do uh, on the outside to control our environment and what, what, three things we can do on the inside to handle this piece. But I'll close with this. Identify, identify this turning spinning gyre as a warfare issue. Don't be ignorant of Satan's designs. Don't be outwitted by the devil. There's a lot of good that has come because of progress, but we've got to see the downside of things, the downside that the world tends to ignore. And one of the downsides is this. It's a strategy of the enemy. With our lives being what they are, pulled in so many different directions, uh, if you're running helter-skelter, if you're in stress mode, it is simply impossible to really have, to be a vibrant, alive human being. It's simply impossible to live a God-glorifying, uh, joy-filled, peace-filled life. It's impossible to, to develop the kind of relationship with our Lord that he wants to develop with us. It's impossible to really have a, a, a sound of prayer life and to spend time hearing God when you're torn in these directions. It's impossible to be, have your ear turned towards our commanding officer throughout the day when all these things are, are on our mind. It's impossible to do family right if you're running Helter Skelter. It's impossible to do community right if you're running Helter Skelter. It's impossible 
able to do a, a kingdom work right if you're running helter-skelter. Identify it as a warfare issue. It's not just a cultural issue. There's a demonic component to it. He wants us to be spinning in this widening gyre, to have our center pulled apart like a, 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 like a top. The, the ends become you know, frayed off. They become disseminated. We're being slowly dismembered by the spin of our life. Identify it as a warfare issue. And the key thing to do in response to that, and we'll start with this next week, is to find that center. You've got to strengthen the center. That'll be the third point we'll start with next week. Strengthen the center so that it can hold. Because there's no turning back on our culture. We're not going to, I'm not even holding this up as an ideal. Okay, I, I, I'm a realist here, folks. This is where we live. This is, and and to, to go out and buy your cabin in the woods so that you can have your nice little thing like this I, 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 and live there permanently so you don't have to be hassled with the world, I don't know if your commanding officer would be telling you that. I think we're in, supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. We strengthen the inner center. We strengthen the center. And then we've got to weaken the gyre. That's spin. And there's things we can do uh, to, to uh, you can't escape it, but to minimize it. Let's uh, stand, and I'll close in prayer. Look, if you're here this morning, uh, I, I want to just give you this invitation. Uh, up here to my right, your left. If you're here this morning and you're not a kingdom member, you, you, you're not, you don't belong, you haven't surrendered your life to the commanding officer, you're not enlisted in the army, and that's not the same question as do you go to church once in a while or uh, are you a basically good person? That's irrelevant. What I want to know is, do you have a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ who died for you? And if you're interested in finding out more about that and, 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 and being able to walk out of here this morning knowing that it's okay, knowing that the end of the world as we know it is good news, not bad news, I invite you to take a minute or two, come up here, there'll be some people by this table, my right, your left, who would love to explain that to you. As I'm praying, I'd like the prayer team to come forward. And if you're here this morning and have any need whatsoever to pray for, I encourage you to come up here and pray for that. If some of this was a little unsettling to some of you and I didn't have time to like pack it all up, uh, you might want to just spend a moment or two just praying uh, just to get collected about it because we're to be walking with hope, awake, and uh, fighting the warfare around us, the spinning gyre. Where we define it, it doesn't define us. Let me close with this prayer. Father, as your, as your army, as your kingdom people, we go out of this place and I pray, God, that the peace that passes all understanding would be uh, in us and flowing through us. God, give us your wisdom to negotiate the helter-skelter of the culture, this new distortion in the matrix. God, give us wisdom to, to, to know what to lap off and to know what to let go and to know what to embrace. Most importantly, Lord God, give us your vision for our own lives, your purpose to define what we're here for and to cut out everything that's superfluous, distracting, or redundant. Let it be done, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. amen. The altar is open. God bless you guys. We love you.